All right, it's been an interesting week, as usual. I guess that's our new normal, interesting week. Are you okay, Vicki? Okay. So, um, I had a really long intro. I'm just going to keep going. Uh, the title of the Sunday School, obviously, is called Enlarge. And it has everything to do with the very first scripture that I have on your sheet. There's the definition of the word first in what they say in Strong's, but then what we know as sons. So <clears throat> to enlarge means to have growth and development when walking with God. Um, it, it's direction to make changes. It's from the Lord. Invest, obviously what the God, says to, God says to invest in, or even begin a prophetic step of advancement. So it's not just getting wider. Adrian caught on. The rest of you are just staring at me. Um, it's, it's not about making your ministry the largest thing in the whole wide world, which a lot of people have used this scripture for. It's, it's not about increasing your, your property, <laughs> the size of your land that your church has, so that it'll, it'll get bigger or whatever. Um, so the definitions in the Strong's are, are interesting, but that's not, not the total application that the Lord is wanting us to embrace. Is that the right way of saying it? He's, he's saying, at least he was saying to me, you've got to get further down the line with me. <laughs> you, there's, there's, um, there's an increase in what I am doing in you. Because he's talking to each one of us individually. There's an increase in what I'm doing in you, and the opportunities will, will be there. You have to grab every one of them and advance with me. So... Some of the things for, for me that are, that are a sign right now for me that God's like, hello, let's, let's, let's change this. Let's enlarge what you're thinking. The way that you think about what I do, the way that you think about what you do, the way that you interpret the words as I, as I speak them to you, the way you understand scripture as you read it, the way that you commune with me, the way that you pray, every, the prayer, the way that you pray, Every one of these aspects, the Lord is, um, in a nice way I'm saying this, he's attacking that so that we move forward with him. And so it's going to come out in feeling awkward in situations. It's going to, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Jim, even if it's the lid to your coffee cup. <laughs> the feeling uncomfortable. Um, th those are my two big ones. <laughs> the, um, the other, the other stuff is feeling like I'm, I'm lost on my way to somewhere, whether it's physically or mentally or spiritually. Wait, I was going there. How, where am I? Why? Wait, okay, now I got to get back on track. It's like distractions, any of those kinds of things. And I know the Lord is trying to change that in me because I, I know for me, 
I'm for just for thinking, just for how my brain is working. I don't, I don't think, I don't believe that I'm thinking the way God needs me to right now. And it's like, okay, Lord, help me get out of this. I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. So this concept of enlarge is not just in the physical sense as it might appear when we read Scripture, but you can see it encompasses every part of what a saint is, what a saint does, and how a saint lives. It's your, it's your whole life that God wants to enlarge. And so it's, it's, it's the time, now is the time, is what the Lord was telling me as well. Says we need to enlarge. So... Um, and it, it's something that we've been doing, obviously, step by step, right? The Lord has always been the one in control, no matter what we say or think. He's always been the one in control of our spiritual growth. I mean, we partner with him, and he works with us to take us down the line, aligning correctly, moving forward. And this is no different. This time is no different. But the stretching part is seems more stretching. <laughs> it's stretching is more stretchy. And it, and it's like okay, I got to get there. Maybe you guys aren't having any issues with what what's happening or what God's talking to you about and stuff. I maybe it's just me having this, but I feel like I'm I'm being stretched way more stretchy than I've ever stretched and I don't, and don't I don't always like it. And that's the part. That's number one concept that has to go away. I have to I have to rejoice in whatever God's doing. And the thing that God continues to tell me is everything that's going on, whether the enemy brings it on, I allow it or bring it on myself, or God is targeting that area of my life, all of that is God is using every one of those to bring me closer to him and further away from my flesh, into his kingdom and not into the enemy's kingdom or the enemy's way of life, and it's, sometimes it's just huge. So the one thing that I know we've been emphasizing ever since we started this walk is you must spend time with the Father. Commune with the Lord will be key till the day we die. It has to happen. You have to make the time. You must pray. You must set aside time to pray. You must set aside, set a time, set aside time to read his word. And if you neglect that, some things obviously will get more difficult than others, and we've talked about all kinds of things along those lines. If your commune with the Father starts to lack. So I'm here to encourage you, as has been encouraged from the pulpit, this pulpit, and from Dallas, and from all the saints' teachings that you listen to on the podcast, you must commune with the Father. It, It has to go deeper and deeper. And the way things are happening on the earth and in the spirit realm right now, it, it has to be that way. It, it's not even really a choice, or you're going to get more than left behind. And so, and I'm really, I should be looking up at the house of prayer because I'm really talking to me. I need to spend more time. I need to make that concerted effort. I want to be retired. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, we have the we have the scripture, and Vicky's going to read it because I it's on my sheet somewhere and I can't see it. Oh, there it is. Go ahead. Yes, please read it. You please read it. 
Isaiah 54, 1 through 3. Sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. So I know we've read this scripture many times. I know it's been taught about many times in the Saints Network here in this house. So I don't have to go into a lot of details, but even when you just read that, I realized how very amazing the scripture is for us as sons. Because in so many ways, people would look at this church and say that we're desolate. In so many ways, they would look at the Saints Network and the number of people that are there, and they would go, I don't know what you think you're doing. But it's obviously wrong, because if it was right, God would bless it. And if he would bless it, there would be, and just rattle off whatever. Plenty of money, more people, da da well, plenty of money is not an issue for us, or really, I don't think for the Saints Network. But anyway, you see the, 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 the way the world talks and the way that they look at things is, is being spelled out here in, in Isaiah 54. God inspired Isaiah to write these things, and, and you look at them and you go, well, that doesn't make any sense, okay? How can it make sense that the children of the desolate will be more than the children of a married wife? Does that make any sense to anybody? Not, not really. I, how can it, right? But it's not, it's not the physical aspect in which Isaiah is addressing here. It's not the physical aspect that God's really talking about. He's speaking about from a spiritual sense, those that are desolate, those that are in the wilderness, those that, are, that are, feel like they're isolated, which... We don't feel that way, but we know that we're supposed to be isolated with him. We're supposed to be the hagios. That, that's what we are. We're those that are separated because of our dedication and devotion to the Lord. It's not, um, it's not a, a banner we fly around, hey, we're desolate. I mean, that's, that does also doesn't make sense. But, you know, we're, we are ones that are, that are devoted to the Father. And so... When you read what Isaiah is saying, you can see he's talking about those that are devoted to him. They will not be desolate. They will not be without child. And I don't mean that we're going to have lots of kids, but if you think about several aspects, we do have young people here. You have people that are younger than you. You have people that are younger than you in the faith. Those are your children. You are helping them. We have people that teach the young people, like Jocelyn and Zach. And, and Robin and Kim. Thank you, Kim. And you see, that, that's part of their, you know, that's part of their, I'll say, job, but that's what it is to be a parent. But it's even more than that, because what does God do in each of us when we're at the right hand of the Father? Which, by the way, is where we're supposed to be communing. The Father drops those words within us, and we give birth to his prophetic word. And, and you can say, that sounds grand, it, uh, really? But it does matter. <clears throat> it does matter what God puts within your hearts. It does matter the word that he gives you for whatever. It can be anything. It could be uh, the church. It could be you. It could be, it doesn't matter. You are the one that's, that's responsible for carrying that child to birth. So everybody follow me on what Isaiah is saying. Did he know what he was saying when he wrote all that? I have a feeling he probably did. 
but he wrote exactly what the father told him to write. So the verse 2 was, was the one that I started with when I was thinking about how God wants to enlarge how I think, how I perceive, what I do, where I go, and not to limit what God's doing. Am I ringing? Okay, go ahead. Can I go back to just one word in verse 1? Sure. The word more? More. Because that's not necessarily what we think it is in the English. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It could be many. Many are, but it also talks very strongly about it's enough. Enough are the the desolate. And they're definitely abundant in their quality and in their rank. Mm -hmm. So it has the the, um, connotation or the definition of being chief or captain. So really it's talking about a level of quality rather than a numerical number. All right, cool. Okay, so now to verse 2, where it says, Enlarge the places of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine uh, thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. I don't think I put this on your sheet, but that word strengthen is the word hazak. Is that the right way to say it? One of the power words from one of Pastor... Pastor Ron's teachings, and when you, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. So when it talks about enlarge the places of thy tent, let's just talk about that. Tent is really a dwelling, a dwelling house. It's also a symbol, which for us we understand, of wilderness living. So, you know, when you're in the wilderness um, and you were like the Israelites, for instance, they had to constantly pitch a tent, take it down, pitch a tent, been on a holiday vacation with people where we took a tent down and up every day. We thought that was a good idea. It was a little hard. <laughs> but we made it. And it was fun. Even when the wind was blowing really hard and I thought the tent was going to fly away and nobody else was awake but me because I thought the tent was going to fly away and everyone else was sleeping. Anyway. Um, so that place that you dwell, that, that dwelling house, um, when, you, when you think about the place, what is that place? It, it really is a, a spot. We always want to find a good spot to tent, to put your tent up. But anyway, it's that spot. It's that place where God has put you. It's that standing place. It's that where he's made you. That place. Enlarge that place. Of, of thy tent. And you think again about enlarge and what it really means. We're talking again the whole concept of, of everything growing and developing as a son on behalf of what God wants to do. And that he's giving you direction. He's giving you um, whatever you need to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. But the enlargement is the, the whole growth process that you go through, step by step, year by year. Go ahead, Vic. I was just thinking that's really that's really the only place we can be enlarged. That's where we are developed. Mm-hmm. You don't get developed when everything's easy. You get developed when you're in the wilderness, and that, that place is really a place of clarity and light because it talks about it being clear and shining. It roots mm-hmm. back to that. And so that's, that's really where we, we become light. 
That's really where we gain clarity into the depths of who we are and who we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Because elsewise, it's, it just doesn't happen. When things are going well, you don't need to be developed. <laughs> yeah. But that's true. And, and there's, a, there's this measure, right, of glory that, that's going to be there. Because what? What are we doing? We are standing in our appointed place. And we are being obedient to what, what God is saying and what God is doing. I'm saying on, on top of all of that, there's things that God wants to do that are going to enlarge the way that you think. That are, they're going to do like blow your mind concepts. It's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, I didn't see that one coming. I, I think those kinds of things are going to, they're going to become more natural to us. We're going to be, yep, that's what God's doing. I, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm good. There's 5,000 people in front of me. I'm going to feed them. No problem, Lord. I know you, you have the provision, right? However, however he's going to do that. And I, and I don't know about you, but I can't imagine standing in front of 5,000 people and teaching. I'm already, like, get disconcerted sometimes thinking there's people watching me on a camera. Don't look at the camera. It's not there. Talk to the hand. <laughs> so, uh, and really, I mean, again, the rest of the scripture we've, we've, we've definitely talked about. There's a parats happening. There's that hazak happening in there, which, which is, um, you know, uh, to be, I'm going to read a definition that I wrote down, to be made strong, courageous, and ready to prevail in battle. So there's, there's, there's different measures, and just in Isaiah 54, that make you think, I'm not looking at my life, well, make me think, I'm not looking at my life quite the right way. God's doing amazing things. Right now, he's doing amazing things. And that word sing, I wish it was a nice word sing. It's, it's ta- it really, it talks about to cry, to creak. Anybody creak lately? I think I did this morning when I got up and had to move. Kim, are you with me? Creaking? We're going to creak away. Um, you know, there's a shout. I mean, it's um, even a shrieking. It's not like a nice, beautiful song, though that can be part of it. But we are to continually cry out to the Lord in what, whatever manner that God, that God leads us. I'd, so, you know, I, I have to tell you, I absolutely love I love Declan when he does that out in the foyer while we're having worship. And, you know, I know he's a crazy boy. Everybody knows that. And he got hit in the head with the butterfly the other day, so I know that he's a crazy boy. But when he starts crying out like that, I don't think he's doing it for any reason except that God, except God. I just, I don't know. It just, it's, it's great. I, I love it. And that's, I think that's the sing, because I don't know if you all noticed. Don't tell Declan. Sometimes he can't sing, though he tries. But as you read here, it doesn't matter. He's just crying out to the Lord. He's just crying. He's just shrieking. I know sometimes it sounds shrieky. He is just, that's just, that's what God, when you, know, when you hear him today, because I don't know who to do it today, think of sing O Baron. He is, he is the guy in the wilderness like John the Baptist saying, prepare the way of the Lord, and he's just crying out. That's, that's Declan, and that's us. I'm going to cry too, Adrian. Stop it. Um, you say that, but, I mean, that is accomplishing something in the spirit, and I feel it every single time. I know I smile, but I, I feel it every time because I know that it's, it's, it's really activating something in the spirit mm-hmm. in the midst of our worship. 
it's, I mean, it's just great. There's so many times he's just echoing what we're singing, but there's other times when he says stuff, you know, that just comes to him. And it's like, ah, Lord, I love that about him. <laughs> Keep that up. So, um, so this whole entire chapter is an amazing prophetically speaking chapter. So, you know, if there's something I would say for you to go ahead and read like this week, this would be it. I mean, are we in the, in the year of prophecy, life, and supply? Isaiah 54. Read that, and you will see so many places in there. And there's other scriptures in here you'll know. You'll see and you'll say, yeah, this is applicable to now. Absolutely is. So, okay, any, anything else? All right, let's go to the next verse. Genesis 26, 18 through 25. This is a very interesting scripture as well. There's some things in here that happen. I'm like, whoa, I never saw that before, which is good when you read God's word. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours, and he shall call the name of the well Isaac, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well, and for that they strove not, and he called the name of it Rehoboth. Is that right? Rehoboth. Sounds good to you, right? And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the Lord, sorry, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. My name, well diggers, they went everywhere, they dug a well, the water came up, they said, nope, that's our water, get lost, okay, fine, go dig a well. Anyway, <laughs> on it goes. There's some things in here that did surprise me. One of them was how God addressed, addressed um, Isaac when he appeared to him, Right? He appeared to him, and he, and he said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. So that's Elo. Is that Elohim? I think that one's Elohim. Oh, i got to get to my scripture. Oh, there they are. And so isn't that interesting? Now, why do I say that? Because he went on to talk about his dad and how he was going to bless Isaac because of his dad. But didn't Isaac have something to do with all of this? Why didn't he say, I'll bless you because you were willing to get on the altar and die at the hands of your father? I just thought that was kind of fascinating. I, I don't know. Was life hard for Isaac after all this? I don't know. But Isaac was still faithful. So I know God was just seeing through all of that. But in the scripture, you see the word that the Lord hath made room for us. Made room, that's the word enlarge. So Isaac, following what the father has told him to do, father, capital F, told
told him to do, where to go, what to do. He, he digs a well. People are arguing over the water. He digs a well. People are arguing over the water because, let's see, the word Isik. Let me write, find that. <laughs> Isik means disputed. Sitna means opposition. There is opposition to the, to the living water of the Father. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I just talking about, you know, the, the God introduces himself as the God of Abraham, thy father. And um, uh, God is always going back to the original plan. He, he doesn't ever uh, start some in the, in the middle or begin again. You know, what God did from the very beginning is still going on. It's, it's, he's not adjusting his plan to fit the circumstances and so when he came to Isaac, he was going back to the original promise. I am the one who made this promise, and this promise is still in effect. It was given to your father. So, you know, this is really um, an encouragement that when God comes to us and he speaks to us, it's part of that original plan, and it's very likely that he could say, I am the God of the original intent mm -hmm. for you. You know, I'm come because of my promise uh, and my desire from the very beginning to have you here. And, and so it was fulfilled in uh, uh, Abraham's promise. And that was, that was, he was identifying that promise as his as well. This, this is going, this is the one thing that's continuing on. Yeah. So I think that's so, significant. Yeah, so the, there's that, he's, it was a reminder but as, as we remain committed to that promise, right? That's what he was basically telling Isaac, right? You're right. committed to this, so... Yeah, exactly. Here, here's what's happening. Right. Okay, gotcha. So, I mean, <clears throat> as we talk about the wells and all that, too, we, we realize that the, you know, the enemy is going to, to do everything it can to oppose us digging wells. And we know we're not just talking about literally, let's dig a well, you know. Here in Florida, that's not hard to do. 12 feet down, there's water. <clears throat> but, um, you know, the enemy's going to continually, um, you know, oppose that, and God's going to continually provide. And where he provides is, is, is the, and when I say where, I don't mean like a specific place. I'm just saying where there's provision, there's enlargement. Where that water, well, the living water is coming forth, the enlargement is, is occurring in that place. That's where God's making room. He is growing, developing us in that place. Whatever I, that place is, I don't want to restrict it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's important that we <clears throat> continue to be faithful just like Isaac did. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so um, let's see. What else do I have to say about that? I have nothing else to say about that. <clears throat> the other thing I liked in that scripture was the, the for now the Lord hath made room at this time. For now, at this time. That's another word the Lord has been giving me. It's, it's now, at this time. It's not at this time in a month. It's not at this time when we get to the conference. and It's at this time. It's now. When, whenever I see that word, I'm going to start thinking that way. For now, the Lord has made room. This also meaning there's going to be other places that you're moving to where the Lord will enlarge. You see, it's a, I got to do now, but I got to know that there's going to be more nows. There's going to be at this time. 
Go ahead, Larry. I was just thinking how interesting it was <clears throat> that God used his promise on Isaac in his prosperity to bless the enemy. And, I mean, the, the contesting of the wells, I mean, Isaac oh, didn't gotcha. stand and say, oh, right, you know, right. let's, yeah. let's fight. You He's know, my I, dad. We, Get away from it. Yeah, right. And, and he, just, <laughs> he just moved on. And, and I believe this had to be at the direction of the Lord. And, and the people that were the enemies of God actually benefited from uh, the, the, uh, the promise of God for Isaac to have his provision. So, you know, we can see that the provision we have is just not for us, but it will provide uh, a blessing for those that are around us. And it's really that opportunity uh, that is prophesied, that people will come and see that we have a relationship with God, that we have a peace. We are going to pray, and they said, this is good, let's go with you. And, and I think that's that same kind of provision that's, you know, expanding. It, it, is, uh, it, it is the work of the saints. Mm -hmm. As we work, it's just not going to, you know, benefit our cluster. It, it is going to um, be a provision for the terrio, and everybody that's in that terrio is going to know that, that God has been bringing this. Mm -hmm. That's true. And, and the word Rehoboth means um, wide places or streets. There's, there's a, I know you may not know this, but there's lots of places in the world called Rehoboth besides this one place that Isaac was in. And it's, and it's neat if you live in those places or you see those places and you see that God can bless them the way he did Rehoboth, where, where Isaac was. There is something about a name, too. So anyway, um, let's see. What else? I, you know, I keep going back to the Lord, the, the Lord being the plans and purpose of God and how, you know, he's the one that enlarges and grows and develops us. It's that aspect of God that, that is involved in that. And that I just think that's kind of cool, too. Because, you know, he addresses Isaac that I'm the God of, of your father, that relationship, that heart I had for your father. But he's, he's also doing all of this as a Lord, as the one that has the plan and the purpose for what Isaac and, his, and sons are doing. Go ahead. And that declaration is, is made when he says, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And I know a lot of times people look at that word fruitful and think, well, you know, there's going to be a lot of provision and there's just going to be more than you need and it'll be lush and abundant. But that's really talking about being able to produce. And it's, it's talking about, they actually say, we will grow. Mm -hmm. We will grow in this land. We're the ones that are going to benefit in our personal development and growth. Right. And you think about um, the Song of Solomon. I had to remember, Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. When you, if you've ever read that, it's it's really cool. But it does talk about a garden, and it, and it, and it talks about our fruit being there. But it talks about how God uses that fruit. He he will reach into the garden and pluck the fruit that's needed for whatever. And and that's part of what we do. And that's exactly what what God's doing here. But what He's going to be doing with with us, we're going to be the fruit of the land. Not just fruitful for us, but the fruit of the land and the fruit of what the Father needs. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's really kind of cool. Next, am I up to the next? It's 1 Samuel. 
chapter 2. I thought this was very interesting. I mean, I know the whole story of Hannah and all that, you know. She was a barren woman, right? And she told God, if you give me, is this, is this the right story? Am I in the right story? Hannah meaning grace. If you give me a son, I will. That's Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, she actually has this um, intervening, this palal prayer where she says, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Now, really, I can just stop there. And we could spend a long time just talking about those aspects of what Hannah was speaking forth. Again, her name is Grace. And you think about Grace the whole time you're reading this. You know, my heart rejoices in the Lord. That's the plans and purpose of God. My horn is exalted in the Lord. And the horn is not just something you blow or something you carry stuff in and gunpowder in that you put in your... It's, it really is, it talks about like your authority or your strength. And, and it's very apropos that Hannah says that. My strength is in the plans and purpose of God. That's fantastic. So Hannah's prayer... It's very cool because there's a lot of twosies in here, okay, if you keep reading. So we talked about the debar no more exceedingly proudly. There's a twosie. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. That's the word peh or pay. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. So everyone with their Bible program, the Lord is going to be Yahweh. What about the word God? Is that word God Elohim? El, that's the almighty version. So the Lord is an almighty God of knowledge. Well, we got some wisdom and revelation sneaking into our scripture. And by him, actions are weighed. Now, that should scare us, and yet that makes a whole lot of sense to us because the Lord is the plans and purpose of God. So actions, those things that do or do not occur, whatever, those are being weighed by, this, by, the, by that father, by the father, by that aspect of God. So it goes on and it talks about how the bows of mighty men are broken and they that stumble are girded with strength. There's another twosie. You have the bows that are of the mighty men that are broken and the ones that are stumbled, the ones that stumble are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread and they that were hungry ceased. That's interesting. So that the barren hath born seven. Wow. I don't think I have time enough to cover all of these things. But if you look at this, this, this scripture and you um, understand the concept of bread as far as a spiritual concept is concerned, they that are full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. Now, in natural, that makes a lot of sense. In the supernatural, okay, it still makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> so that the barren both hath born seven. We know the symbolic number seven and what it means. And she that hath many children is waxed feeble. So this is all very interesting, the way Hannah just lays this out from a, just a black and white issue. Verse 6, it says, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and he brings up. 
Got all these twosies going on. The Lord makes poor and he makes rich. He brings low and he lifteth up. <laughs> he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. How is Hannah understanding and writing about all these things? How is that possible? It's got to be spirit. It's got to be her life of prayer, her dedication, her commune with the Father. <clears throat> For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. And verse 9, it says, He will keep, he will shamar the feet of his saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. Oh, that's an interesting word too. For by strength, that's koach, I didn't say it right, shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. I need a thunder shirt. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength, that's the word owes, unto his king, and exalt the horn of his anointed. And there's no way that I have enough time to talk about all these things in the scripture, not just because of what the time it is, because I had to go fix this system, but there's a lot of depth in just this one simple prayer by one simple woman who's had one simple kid that she's dropped off for Eli, a very simple man. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's a, I'm going to quit using the word amazing, but her dedication and devotion was to the one true God. That was where she got her direction from. That's where she got the words from to, to speak to pray. It wasn't something she wrote down a nice colorful prayer. Now I'm going to go stand and I'm going to make that declaration and say these things so that everybody can know what's going on. That's, that's, not, that's not how Hannah worked. So, I mean, there's so many different aspects within the scripture to try to, <laughs> to, try to follow through on. Um, the, obviously, the biggest part for me, and, and even in, in her continued prayer, she showed the enlargement of her mouth over, the, over her enemies by, just by her simple prayer. And there's a lot of, there's warnings in here for everybody, any which way you can say. Anybody that thinks they're this, maybe check it out. You're probably over here doing that. Anybody that thinks they're hungry, you, you probably aren't. But maybe you're hungry for what the bread of life is. I mean, there's, there's a Obviously, things that you can go running through here to read and to see what, what God is really clearly trying to do. Um, obviously, the objective of God is for us to continue to commune with him and know him in all, in all ways. Um, everything, I think, I think reading what Hannah wrote, what her, what her prayer was, everything that exists will be governed by our relationship with him. I, it's, really, it's really that simple. Everything that exists in your life will be governed by your love and your relationship with the Father. Even if we think we're muscling through something, or however you want to say it, even if you think you're working it out, or I'll figure it out, if we don't have that loving, awesome, divine relationship with the Father, then we, we are doing the best we can, got it, but it's not partnership, 
partnering with the Lord. It's not a partnership with what the plans and purpose of God are in, in the earth. Go ahead. And, and the scripture is full of uh, examples of people who uh, did it a good way but didn't partner with the Father. Mm, and true. It, it just ended badly for them. Uh, and, and it's only those who, who trusted the Lord because there was nothing else that they became fruitful. They became blessed. Um, and it's, it's continuing. I mean, this is uh, it's the way we function with the Father. Yeah. And it's back to that enlargement of our mind and our heart, our soul, and how we take things, how we understand what God's doing. Because so many times I've heard this. Well, I prayed. And I prayed, and I, I took a month, and I kept on praying, and it, it didn't turn out, so I'm done with God. Because the timing wasn't there for what they believed. You know, your perceptions really don't matter. <laughs> Sorry. God's perception, his plans and purpose, his heart for you, that's really what matters. Go ahead, Larry. It's all about planting the seed and waiting for it to grow. Uh, you you can't plant the seed and expect the sprout to start producing fruit in the next day. Right. There there has to be that timing, and it has to start with that beginning. And mm-hmm. so we have to be starting with the beginning and expecting them as it continues for there to be progress. And so we just need to thank God for the progress of each day. Yep. It's, it's amazing stuff. Because he's too, you know, when you're a farmer, you, you know what seed you're planting. When God plants a seed in you, you just know it's a God, it's a God seed. You don't always know what it's going to be. It's, not, it's kind of hard to predict. I'm not really supposed to. I'm just going to pray, Lord. I know what you said. We, that's part of, part of my brain doing the right way. Okay, so the next scripture, we'll just read verse 37. Um. This is, a th- this is David. It's also in Psalm 18, by the way. This is David speaking. But one of the things that he said in verse 37 was, Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. And you know David, warrior, warfare, that's, that was his MO. That was the way his mind, mind worked. And there was nothing wrong with that. It wasn't like God told him to stop being a warrior. That's just, that's just how, God, that's how, how God made David to do these things. And, you know, you see in verse 35, he teaches my hands to war. And then verse 39, and I consumed them and wounded them. I mean, all of this is warfare stuff. But the scripture in 37, I thought, was with the enlarged my steps. So steps means your stride or your pace. And honestly, all of us take different strides, which is why my nickname is Nubbins. And all of us have a different pace, which is why I'm the last one walking down the beach when I'm with the sparrows who have... Anyway, this is... God works within this for each of us. And, and David acknowledges that when God enlarges his steps, when his steps are being developed, when his steps are being, you know, are being grown in the Lord, when all of those aspects of who you are, you know, the, the, the direction, changes that God gives you, you know, the prophetic, all of those, when we are in that enlarged split space in the steps, this is the thing that David knows. My feet are not going to slip. And that word slip is just a slip or to slide, slip, slide in a way, or tottering or shaking. 
it's, go ahead, it's a David thing. And that word steps uh, roots back to talking about pipes feeding lamps with oil. It's really, he's developing us in the way that we are conduit for his spirit upon this earth. And each of us are different in that way too, aren't we? I mean, I'm not the same as you when it comes to that. That's just the way it is. So, okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to move on to Psalm 81, right? That's the next scripture. 81.10, I am the Lord thy God, who brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Whoa. Okay, Psalm 81. All right, anyway, there we go once again, an enlargement of your mouth. We had an enlargement of our mouth against our enemy, and now we're in a place where God is going to fill our mouth with what, with what is needed. And the aspect that he uses, and this is what I was going to look up, so I got my handy-dandy phone, but it's, I am the Lord thy God. It's a twofold description that the Father is bringing to, to our attention in the Psalm 81. So let me go see. Vicky's probably already there. I'm working on it. Psalm 81.10. I don't remember what word God is there. It's Elohim. It is Elohim. So this is the plans and purpose and the heart of the Father. It's a, it's a dual um, bringing forth. That's who, we, that's who we have in our lives. That's who we have in our heart. That's who we worship. That's who we understand. That's who we look to for everything. And he's the one that brought us out of Egypt. He brought every one of us out of Egypt. Every one of us brought us out of the world. And now we're here with him. And he's going to be the one that will fill our mouth and so, right, the filling part of the of that scripture, when you look the word up, it's not just to fill it with whatever, but it's also to arm it, to give it what it needs to, to say what needs to be said, to consume what needs to be consumed. I hope that makes sense. Vicki, anything else you want to add? Okay. Enlarge my heart on Psalm 119, which is obviously the longest book in the Bible. Everybody knows that. Psalm 119, verse 32, it says, I will run the way of thy commandments. All I can say is amen to that. That needs to be our constant um, state of physical activity is running the way of the commandments. When thou shalt enlarge my heart. So there's a... a, a, a a give and take. That's not the right way. There's a cause and a... How do you say that? Effect. That's the word. It's a cause and effect that's right here in Scripture. You're going to run after, you're going to run uh, the way of the commandments, then God's going to enlarge your heart. And that's not necessarily... I mean, that's not a bad thing because somebody, you know, it makes me love too much. No. When God enlarges your heart, it means that your heart is growing in the capacity... Of, of what God is doing, not in the capacity of you and your sometimes twisted iniquity and understanding of love, because many people relate heart with love and love with heart. So this is another really cool aspect, and the commandments are not just the 12 commandments, 10 commandments. Sorry, got to break the tablet. The 10 commandments. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Go ahead. And there's another good definition. So he'll, he'll develop the determination of our will. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, I like that. Okay, last. How am I doing? 936. Enlarge my influence. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. And I know that this has been prophesied over the saints' network. 
because there's, there's, there's people who have seen that there's going to be leaders in countries and leaders wherever that are going to, that are going to look to us. And they're not going to really know why. But we're going to be in the presence of leaders to be able to speak truth to them. And it's because of your gift. And it's not because of the gift that you've wrapped and put a bow on and handed to them. It's because of what the callings and the giftings that God has given you. If you develop that, God develops that with you. If you do this, then you're going to be brought before men to speak the truth of, of what God is doing in the earth. And to me, that's, a, that's an enlargement of my even thought process. Well, why would anybody care what Annette is even going to say? Well, they don't really care what Annette has to say. They care what God has to say. I'm just the vessel. So, sorry about kicking you off Facebook, people. And sorry about the recording, Robin, that you will now try to splice together. And, oh, Vicky, in case you wanted to try to put it on Saints Network, you can't because it's not a full teaching. I love you all very much. Thank you so much. Father, bless the rest of this service in this house. And I ask that you also bless this house. In Jesus' name, amen.